Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. Now on RTE Radio 1, Drama on One presents Grieving Time, written by Rachel Feheli. Written as part of our long story short season, the play follows a man struggling to process his grief over the death of his wife five years previously and his father at the beginning of the coronavirus lockdown. As he walks with his dog through the park and meets people along the way, he goes on an emotional journey of memories. He's pulled from the past into the present by the presence of his dog and casual encounters with other people. His grief is intense and vivid, his thoughts wander and his emotional shifts show how lockdown time has affected his grieving time. Starring Joe Taylor, this is Grieving Time by Rachel Feheli. When my neighbour asks me, how did you cope cope with the lockdown? Fine, thanks. I say. But I'm lying to my neighbour. Because I'm not fine. Because my dad died the day after lockdown started. And lockdown time has been my grieving time. I'm lying because my dog is about to relieve herself on the grass and I'm trying to concentrate on where she's doing it so I can pick up her mess with my compostable plastic bag. And I I don't want to talk about it. Everyone Everyone well? Yes, you too? Thank Thank God. She says, crossing her fingers, deftly mixing religion and superstition. When my wife Caroline was diagnosed five years ago, I called home to tell Mum, but she was out. And for once in his life, Dad answered the phone. Is it bad news? He asked gently. He stayed on the phone listening while I cried. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear, dear. I'm here for you. We're all here for both of you. And when she died, I had to get home with things. I was busy, very busy. I made a list. One, collect death cert. Two, call the solicitor. Three, go to bank. Four, sort out pension. Five, pay funeral expenses. Six, do taxes. Seven, send out letters of appreciation for condolence messages. Eight, don't cry in front of the kids. My whole world shifted and there was so much to do. People were terribly kind around the time of the funeral, but it was a relief to get back to work two weeks later. Zach and Hannah needed a lot of attention. I was there for them as much as I could be. Hey guys, what do you want for dinner? Indian? Okay, 
My card's here. I've got some work to do. I can't watch the match. I'll be in my office on the computer if you need me. I'm letting the mutt off the lead so she can chase a squirrel. And within seconds she's barking aggressively at the base of a tree like she's a big dog. The squirrel sneers down at her. She'll never catch one. She never gives up trying. I admire her tenacity. It's a family trait. The nurse said to me while I was waiting to see Dad, We've run out of PPE, so you can't go in to see him until we get more. I bet you didn't know what PPE was before all of this. But now we all do. OK, so when... We can't let you can't in let to, you see to see him until, until more, gear, more gear, arrives. gear arrives. I'm sorry. It's obvious Dad isn't dying of COVID. He has a temperature, but it's a tumour that's killing him. My mother shouldn't have to say goodbye to him through a mask. They should be able to see each other and hold hands without her being covered in plastic, but they are only, only following, following guidelines. guidelines. After a respectable time, because I'm afraid to annoy her, I ask her again, when do you think the PPE gear will arrive? She shrugs her shoulders. Oh, I've, I've no idea. Soon? I wish I knew myself. Hopefully, hopefully soon. My father is dying in a hermetically sealed room that's like a scene from a Hollywood blockbuster. I sat up very late, drinking by the fire, so I'm hungover and sweating inside the PPE gear. That should be in the Kubler-Ross stages of grief, shouldn't it? Anger, hangover, sweating, depression. He's 89, but still holds forth at every family dinner. He has a big birthday to look forward to in November. We haven't been on our trip to Istanbul yet to cross the Bosporus Strait that divides Asia from Europe. The nurse gives him more morphine. And I know from the exact same experience with Caroline that he won't wake up. Mum knows too, and her being her, she ignores the rules, pulls down her mask and kisses him goodbye. I feel like I'm intruding, but it's okay. I'm a son. It's okay to be there. There was a little hole on the very top of Dad's judge's wig, and because he was so tall, no one could see it unless he bent down. He used to say to Hannah, It's there to allow the thoughts of God to flow down into my mind, and so I will always know to do the right thing. Then he would pretend to run away and hide. Please let me look, Hannah would say when she caught him, knowing he always carried sweets in his pockets for her. Their relationship healed something in me. Being right was always so important to him. Morally right rather than the I know the name of the actor in the film kind of way. That was fun until it was ruined by Google. Where the hell has the dog gone? I don't know what I'd do if something happened to the dog. Oh, there she is, over there. Kyla, come here. Stop begging that nice lady for treats. Kyla, Kyla, that's not your ball. And I give it back now. 
Sometimes it seemed as if we were having a good time during our illness. Out together as a family, walking the dog, sunny day, the four of us laughing together, almost normal. Do you ever forget about your illness when we're out? No, I never do. I wish I could do something. You are doing everything. There's nothing more you can do. When Caroline was near the end, the dog would curl up next to her and I'd gently close the door, leaving them together, sleeping. She was so driven, in control of everything, the house, the kids, her practice. She would have eventually become a judge, like Dad. The two of them were genuinely interested in law. They never stopped talking about it. Unlike me. I sort of fell into it. When I came out of Trinity in the 80s, there were no jobs. I didn't want to go to London or the States. And it was only when someone said to me, why don't you try the King's Inns? It's easy enough to get into. That I actually thought of it. Dad never got annoyed when people asked him things. How do you defend someone when you know they're guilty? And that question bores the hell out of me. But he always had the time to start a discussion, even with taxi drivers. If a defendant, defendant tells his legal, legal team he's innocent, is innocent then, then the, the presumption of innocence applies. And it is the golden thread that runs through the whole legal system. It's something everyone is entitled to. And there's a need for a what a brilliant man they said about him in the law library. And I used to pretend that I'd read his books. He never discussed them with me and I'd really only dipped into them. They were full of obscure references, Latin phrases, words I'd have to look up and, honestly, I'm more of a John Grisham fan. I wasn't in his league, or Caroline's at all. Why them, and not me? They're like children, aren't they, without the heartache, the dog's owner says. I'm sitting on the park bench watching Kyla play with another Bichon. It must be a male dog because she's excited and jumping all over him. I smile vaguely and look at my phone, afraid to look at a photo that's popping up as a Facebook memory from four years ago. It's the one where Caroline's drinking champagne with us, the day Zach got his leaving cert results. Swollen from the steroids that were delaying the inevitable spread of her disease. But she dragged herself out of bed that day to celebrate. I've been grieving and thinking about grieving during the lockdown. It's hard not to. There's nowhere to go to escape it. My friend Peter, who knows everything about everything, told me in some Buddhist traditions they don't socialise at all for 90 days after the death of a family member. Maybe the length of the lockdown gave me a chance to grieve like a Buddhist. Almost post-lockdown now, my son Zach did his final exams online. He's in our fragile economy, working as a delivery driver. He came into my office last week, smiling his shy smile. Half man, half boy. Dad, Dad I've, I've got, got some, some good news. news. Is it? Yes, before the four-year scholarship, scholarship to do my, my PhD, PhD, I got, I got it. it. That's great news. Well done, Zach. Wow. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. We don't go overboard, but we do celebrate with Zach's girlfriend and Hannah that evening. I cook dinner for everyone. Steak and chips and a glass of red wine each. The next morning, 
I don't want to get out of bed. I ache all over, drag myself through the day, tetchy and jumpy. I realise what's wrong with me. I want to tell Dad and Caroline Zach's news. Come on, Kyla, jump in. Oh, I'm not lifting you. No, you're not old enough yet. She tilts her head sideways, and I look into the dark eyes on her cute little face. I know they're bred to look sympathetic. She jumps up onto my lap and paws at me impatiently. I can't drive off. I take some time to stroke her and rub her under the chin. There's no need to rush. Love you. I whisper into the dog's silky soft ear. She has my attention. For the first time in a long time, I'm not so impatient. I can pay her some real attention. It's okay to be still and take some grieving time. That was Grieving Time, written by Rachel Feheli, starring Joe Taylor. Susan O'Loughlin and Barbara Nicreve played other voices. Sound supervision was by Ruth Kennington. Grieving Time by Rachel Feheli was directed by Goretti Slaven. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rta.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.